Needless to say, the 2020 election cycle has been polarizing. It's been one of the longest and most bruising election seasons in our nation's history. And if you're not careful, differing political views could lead to strained relationships with family and friends. Now, millions of Americans are left trying to repair divides that are deeper and more personal than ever. At times, it can lead to arguments with friends and family, people you love. As Americans, we have grown apart politically. Almost 80% of voters told researchers at Pew they have either no friends or just a few friends with opposing political views, which is an increase from just a few years ago. I recently had a friend actually tell me we could no longer be friends because I was a Trump supporter. It's pitted neighbors against neighbors. For two families who live side by side, politically, they couldn't be farther apart. It's ended friendships. I lost five five friends over being a Democrat. And it's tested some of our most meaningful relationships in unexpected ways. In this episode, we spend some time with one grandmother and her granddaughter as they wade through their political differences. You think Trump is a divider? Yeah, oh yeah. He's a big promoter of hatred in my eyes. See, and I don't feel that way at all. And they give us their advice for other families struggling to find any common ground over the holiday season. It's not worth dividing a family or ruining a relationship just because we don't agree on something in politics. From the PBS NewsHour, this is America Interrupted. I'm William Brangham. How was your trip? It was good. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah, River really loved it. Judith Neubacher and her granddaughter Tessa Stevens live in a suburb outside Detroit. We met them shortly after the election, just as Joe Biden was being declared the winner. What's the latest? What's the latest I hear? What's on you? <laughs> you know what the latest is. They're not, they haven't picked anybody yet. I believe they have. Have they? Well, I know that we have a new president-elect. Yeah, I heard that. Once I, uh... I think it's just temporary, though. Oh, you think? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, interesting, <laughs> interesting. Judith is 80 years old, widowed and retired. She has supported President Trump since 2016. Tessa is 29, married and a mom to a two-year-old boy. She works for an outdoor gear company. She really wanted Bernie Sanders to be the nominee, but eventually came around and voted for Joe Biden. The two of them are now facing a question that millions of Americans are facing. Is there a bridge over this wide of a divide? The American Psychological Association reports that almost 70% of Americans said this election was, quote, a significant source of stress in their lives. And it's one President Trump has so far refused to concede. I mean, this display that he has shown so far, I feel like you would expect nothing less from him. Stop the count. Recount. Well, I think if Fraud. she were on the other foot, look at uh, Hillary. I mean, didn't she say... To uh, Biden, no matter how the outcome, don't concede. No matter what you do, don't ever concede. And he didn't. know. Yes, she did. I, don't, I mean, I, I honestly don't know. I don't yeah, pay she did attention say that. that. So, I mean, I think if the shoe were on the other foot, they would probably be the same. And I think he's entitled to that. Well, I Let think Biden is a more respectable human being. I think he is more, he knows how well, to yes. conduct himself. He's much he's more not... milder than uh, Trump. Trump is 
I think Trump's a bully. I think he's just this. A lot of people say that. Yeah. yeah I think he, he is. is. I think he is too. And I don't think and Biden I'm... is so quick to be like on Twitter. You know, yeah. that drives me nuts. Well, it's because I think the press don't give him a chance, they don't listen to him. I just think he's a sore loser, a narcissist's crybaby. So. <laughs> So I think we already kind of have a clear winner, um, and I think it's a bit ridiculous to draw this process out. But This kind of back and forth isn't new for these two. Judith helped raise Tessa. Judith's daughter, Karen, Tessa's mom, was a single mother, and so they all lived close together for the better part of 20 years. Tessa, if you think back to the earliest memories you have of your grandma, or, or just the strongest memories of her, what comes to mind? Oh, so many different things. Um, A lot of just driving around in her van, singing silly, like, zippity-doo-dah, like, just silly made-up little songs that we would always sing together. As a little one, she was so happy and smiling and bubbly, and she just was such a joy. Tessa will always have a very special spot in our heart, my husband's heart too. She means the world to me. And that was true even when Tessa was growing up, and the two often disagreed about a host of topics. Is there a moment that you, either of you remember the first time you really started to talk about politics specifically, or something that was, that felt like you guys might have a, a separate ideas about how the world should be organized? I would think it was when Donald Trump came into the picture, do you think? I, well, oh, really? That late? That late no, into your relationship? No, was it no. before? Well, think about it. We've had discussions about religion, yeah, gay marriage. That's right. all come before Donald Trump. Tattoos. Tattoos. Well, <laughs> I mean, the major, right, right the major things. Right. Like, you and I, I would say for sure, is religion. That was a big thing for you and I. Right. When I was oh, yeah. growing up. Right. I remember her one day, we were eating dinner, and she goes, I'm an atheist. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I almost dropped my fork and spoon or whatever, and just like, uh, okay, we don't talk about that at the table right now. <laughs> and her grandpa would give her one of those <clears throat> looks. <laughs> but aside from that, um, she was always very respectful of us, and... Uh, you know, I I never gave us a lot of trouble. She always was her own person. And uh, that's the one thing I love about her is she... That she was an individual. Yeah, she's an individual. I mean, it's because of her and my mother and, and the way that I was raised to allow, you know, I was allowed to have that space to be who I was and to be accepted and loved through all even the challenging times up into, you know, this year. (laughs) And this year, of course, apart from the election, has served up one politically divisive tragedy after another, a global pandemic, the killing of George Floyd, and the subsequent racial justice protests. It's just crazy to me that that Black Lives Matter saying that statement has become politicized. I don't think that saying... An entire race that their lives matter. There's nothing political about that. And what about Antifa? And what about the riots and all that? that, that well, anti-fascists. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. 
What's wrong with that? Well, I don't I don't agree with that. I think it's complicated. Yeah. But Tessa and Judith often come back to the man they've been arguing about for more than four years. You think Trump is a divider? Yeah, oh yeah. He's a big promoter of hatred in my in my eyes. See, and I don't feel that way at all. I don't I guess I see another side of him. He has done a lot of good. And the people that he's helped, I think, especially the um, prisoners of war and people that have been kidnapped and have been brought back to the United States, he's done a lot of good things. Well, but at the same time, he also made fun of John McCain and right. soldiers. So right. I understand. There's I things about him that I just can't overlook, the mocking of the handicapped reporter. I mean, there's just things in my mind that when I think of Donald Trump that just replay this 26 sexual misconduct allegations against the man. I I don't want to think that way about him. I think that he really loves this country and I think he Unless really... you're an immigrant in this country. <laughs> I mean, his policies of immigration, the things that he have said about even Mexican immigrants being rapists, drug dealers, thugs. I just feel that everything he said is taken out of context. I don't think he said every single Mexican or every single immigrant that came in was a rapist, but they make it to sound like that. But I think his whole feeling to me is that um, he has no problem with people, immigrants coming into the country as long as they come in legally. His rhetoric encourages something. It draws something out of certain people, and it's scary. I think he's very outspoken, and he speaks his thoughts. But my feeling is that from the day he's been in office, in fact, before, they've hated him right from the very beginning. He was an outsider. He wasn't a politician from D.C., and he wasn't one of them, the elite. And just as it is with President Trump, they're divided on the man who's going to replace him. I have a feeling that it's going to go, you know, to Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm just worried that they're going to set, push him aside and um, that the radical members of the party are going to take over. That's my concern. That's what I worry about. How do you feel about that? I have no worries. <laughs> I mean, I'm... You don't? You're not... How do you feel about socialism? I mean, it depends. Like, socialized health care, I think that would be great. But it wouldn't stop there. What do you mean? I mean, I don't think that when they talk about socialism, they don't talk about just providing free health care. Well, yeah, but Joe Biden has, has said multiple times that he's not a socialist. Their conversations have a tendency to go like this. Point, counterpoint, rebuttal, follow-up. There's often no clear resolution. But sometimes they still manage to surprise each other. You just generally have always leaned Republican. You've generally, I think it's a generational thing as well, you know. But I was a Democrat all my life until a while back. My parents were Democrats. I did not. Yes, I mean, I started Excuse my first me. first time I voted was with well, John wait, JFK? Kennedy, JFK. Wow. Yeah, how could you not? So yeah. Raman Newbacker was a very strong Democrat. 
But now Judith sees the Republican Party as most reflective of her values. Well, we just, you know, have different views. I know, but I think we're not that different. I think if you really just kind of looked sometimes to the other side of things. Oh, well, Grandma's who she is, huh? (laughs) (laughs) So... Judith and Tessa's relationship is a testament to the notion that politics does not have to split families down the middle. It's partly because they've been so integral in each other's lives for so long. I mean, obviously I've known you since I've been born. (laughs) So there's that connection, you know, to you. I mean, you're... If I was hateful on that towards you, we'd have a totally different relationship. Yeah, of course. I've always respected you even though we've thought differently it's never even been like a thought that's crossed my mind to just x you out because we think differently so many people would argue if you love that uh, the political opponent opposite me you cannot share my values and yet you guys don't seem to feel that way Yeah, no, I think just because it's always our values have always just been about love and kindness. Mm -hmm. And that's what you've reflected on to me. And that's what you've taught me. Mm -hmm. And I know that even though we differ in beliefs, that that's where your belief system stems from. Right. Right. And so in that sense, it transcends politics. Right. I mean, I mean, I my I've always felt God first family. And then whatever, and politics would be at the very end. So, and it's not worth dividing a family or ruining a relationship just because we don't agree on something in politics. To me, that is just not right. And that's the advice they'd give to families across the country who are preparing for this most unusual Thanksgiving, which Tessa and Judith will spend together. It's not my favorite holiday, but... (laughs) But I'll probably see you. Well, I can't imagine a Thanksgiving without you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've spent, I think everyone that I can think of, we've spent together, so why not? Mm-hmm. This episode was produced by Sam Lane, Mike Fritz, and Vika Aronson, and edited by Erica Arhendry and Emily Carpo. Fact-checking was by Maya Lene Bura and sound recording by Chris Jordan from Detroit PBS. Music by Blue Dot Sessions. Our thanks to Travis Daub, Vanessa Dennis, James Williams, and Maura Shannon. Our executive producer is Sarah Just. You can follow all our coverage on air and on our website, pbs.org newshour. Thanks for listening. <laughs>